Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Colosso Soprano. Go! The premier destination for soccer talk with Emmy Award winning play-by-play man Dan Dibley. Squirt! And international soccer savant Rick Tittle. Work it, work it. Let's kick it off. Well, a busy episode ahead. It is episode 26, Rick, of what you say? Go! Golasso Supremo! Dan Dibley, Rick Tittle back with you. We've got some Premier League action to look back upon, some prime action to look ahead to. Champions League draw, Carly Lloyd, U.S. women's soccer player, headed to the NFL? Question mark? But first, Rick, we got to start, as we always do, with Tottenham Hotspur. What's the deal with your Spurs? Is it panic time at the venue formerly known as White Hart Lane? It, um, it still is White Hart Lane, the street, but yes, it's the sure. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. You're right. Well, that was a very disappointing result to oh, you think? drop a, um, a game at home against Newcastle wearing their Holland kit. I don't know what on that all that orange was about. But they're in a little bit of disarray, you know. They they've got Vertonghen doghouse. The Ericsson is still unsettled. Um, it's just kind of a weird vibe. Harry Kane. Um, I've never seen a team, and this is hard because a Steve Bruce coach, coach team. But I've never seen a team neutralize Harry Kane more. I don't think he touched the ball one time the whole game. He had to come back into his own half to touch it. Right. So very disappointing, and uh, there's my jinx that I said they'd win the Prem. Three games in, it's all over. And they're sitting on uh, seventh place right now on four points. One win, one loss, and one draw. The whole Which league is like a on... George Thurgood song. <laughs> one bourbon, one shot, and one beer as I force in the first joke of the podcast. Sorry, I almost stepped on no, it. No, you're great. I, I fought through it. The, um, the Gordy Howe hat trick. Yes, thank you. A, a beer, a fight. No, it's a fight, a goal. And any assist? Yes. Okay. Very you. good. I like how you put fight first. I usually put that last, but well, yeah, it is Gordy Howe. And that's the hardest part of a cycle is the triple. You're the right. hardest part of the Gordy Howe hat trick would be the fight. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's uh, the whole league is basically on four points right now. But uh, early days, and we still have looming until step- September 2nd. The European transfer window, and that's hanging over like the sort of Damocles right now. Yes, and not hanging over my Chelsea side, which we'll get into momentarily. But first, we stick and stay with Tottenham. Christian Eriksen, you mentioned it. He is a little bit lost right now. He's lost because he's not found by Pochettino, Mauricio Pochettino, who inexplicably refuses to play him early. Is this because they're... They're waiting for him to be dealt? Well, when they started him in the second game, I kind of thought they made up for it or else they were putting him in the shop window. But there's also a thing, and as a fan, I don't like it, but as a coach, if somebody says, eh, I'd rather find someplace else, and you might think, you know what? Eh, screw you. you know. But then you start losing, and you're like, yikes, not screw you. 
You know, I remember, just as an aside, when St. Mary's was playing in March Madness, the first round against Clemson, there was a troublemaker for Clemson who was not going to play. And they're playing the first round in Boise, Idaho. And St. Mary's was up by 20, so they played him. And then Clemson crushed us as Eldon Campbell. Oh. So you might discipline a guy. But then when you start losing, you're like, never mind, get in there and play. But it's just, it's kind of hanging like a cloud right now. And you mentioned uh, Jan Vertonghen, who also is inexplicably dog-housed so to speak. So mm-hmm. Pocatino's got some things to to work through with his side at Tottenham. And as we mentioned, they sit on four points. They sit on four points, and you've had three straight starts for Kyle Walker-Peters. But it's weird. Last year, Toby Alderweireld was the guy that was doghouse. So I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Liverpool sits on top three wins in three fixtures, including the gutsy performance against Arsenal. It was just a question of when the dam would break. Liverpool three Arsenal won. They do scrape one back late. Is this just a case of Liverpool being dominant at Anfield, or do they look to be really the class of the Prem? They and, and Man City are probably the class of the Prem, like like we knew going in. Of course, I didn't pick either one of those teams to yeah, win. I was going with Hunchy. Um, it's like my March Madness picks. I always go Hunchy, and this is why I never win. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I want to see how Arsenal and Tottenham both respond in the North London Derby this weekend. With those fixtures coming up yeah. here in just mere days, Arsenal is sitting third, Manchester City sitting second with uh, just the two wins and the one draw coming against Tottenham in uh, VAR fashion. Leicester sitting fourth, and then Manchester United, and you have to go all the way down to page two before you find Chelsea. As you mentioned, sitting on four points, as everyone seems to be, yet that minus three goal differential after the courageous 3-2 win over the Canaries. You know, what's funny is I've watched, uh, you know, English soccer since the 80s, and I know that nothing counts until Christmas. It just doesn't. But you live and die with, like, here I am three weeks in going, well, no chance at the league now. (laughs) But that's just the way sports people are. We're dumb like that. Three fixtures down and 35 yet to come. And you mentioned the North London Derby that lay ahead for Spurs taking on Arsenal. The featured game on Sunday. I know nothing matters until Christmas, yet you look at a match like this, really one point at Arsenal would be okay. At the Emirates would be okay. Three points would be ideal. Really anything other than a defeat for Spurs this weekend. No, I agree with you. And this is another hard fixture. And, you know, you, you look at the calendar. When are we going to Anfield? When are we going to Old Trafford? When are we going to the Emirates? When are we going to the other Emirates? I mean, it's just when you're in the NLD, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a point on the road is not what you're looking for, but I would take it. Looking back at last week, just quickly, you had to be a little bit pleased with what happened at Old Trafford just because of the nature of the juggernaut Manchester United. You fight so hard to level with Crystal Palace, but then Van Anholt, my man from my, fa- my man from my fantasy team, coming through mm. with the late goal. It's Man U 1, Crystal Palace 2, question mark? Well, this is the thing. That was the day before the Tottenham game, and I'm like, go Eagles, this is great. And then the same thing happened to Tottenham. But this is also why I love the Premier League, because there are no soft touches. And when someone wins, you know, if Appalachian State beats Michigan, we're like, oh my gosh, look what happened. In the Prem, you're like, aha, well, you lost to Crystal Palace. And they're like, well, they're one of the top 20 teams in England, so it's not unfathomable. There's just no weekends off. 
Yeah, no days off, as um, Bill Belichick would tell you from the New England Patriots. He actually floor. got working class people to chant, no days off. <laughs> Isn't that no great? <laughs> people who actually have no days off, he gets, you know, three or four months off at right. least, and yet they're chanting no days off. This is Golasa Supremo, episode 26. We're looking back at week three, match day three in the Premier League, but also ahead to match day four. And coming up, we will go for a full fine tooth comb like a lice comb yes the champions league magnifying glass yeah you got to go hair by hair strand by strand to make sure that there's no eggs let alone any nits right you you know this as a man who's had children otherwise you have to pick the nits yes and or go to a knit pixies god bless the people the good people at knit pixies maybe there's a sponsorship for this podcast (laughs) well brought to you by crab cream brought to you by (laughs) knit pixies got that itch it's probably lice. <laughs> anyway, uh, match day four, we do have, what, a little bit of time before match day four? Because we've got, uh, actually, no, it's coming up this weekend. Yeah. Coming up this weekend, a full slate of games. Rick, what do you make of the fixtures as they're laid out in front of us? We already talked about the North L- London Derby, mm. but other matchups, Southampton hosting Man U, Chelsea and Sheffield United, one of the teams I felt like would be relegated. Any of these matches stand out to you? Well, I mean, I'm so concentrated on my own team. Sure. Um, that's the one I'll be watching. But uh, it's, you know, just early trends. Is Sheffield United, you know, the real deal? And, uh, oh, I'd look the same or worse. Uh, is Thank you. <laughs> is Sheffield United the real deal? Like, you know, every, you know, they say with baseball, especially two wild cards, every game you win in September you know, it doesn't win you a pennant, but that's one less game you got to win. Or I should say in April, then you're going to have to win it in September. All these points are going to add up. Every goal is going to add up. So, yeah, you're looking for trends, see who's hot, who can stay hot, build the confidence, especially for the newly promoted teams like the Blades. Yeah, the Blades trying to, to hang in there and other teams who are looking to to hang in as opposed to being relegated back down. And we'll continue to check in on the table mm-hmm. as as things roll out. But before we get to Carly Lloyd and her potential bid to be the first female NFL player, the National Football League, let's talk Champions League, Rick, because the draw is out. Rise and shout. The draw done come out. Eight groups, 32 teams. And I'll, I'll just run through and give you the top seed in each group. Can I do this just for fun? Can do you, it. Can you grab your phone? You have my number. Just, okay. just give me a call. Okay. Just give me a call real quick, and hopefully we have a signal inside these uh, bunkers that we are in right now. And uh, I know uh, you've got Rick Patino. I'm under that one. I got Rick phone. Reed, Rick Redfield. <laughs> oh. Pretty good. I need a little bit more audio out of that. Hello. The draw is out. Hey, I'm doing a pod. I'll call you right back. <laughs> but you're doing it with me. You hung uh, yeah. up on me. Well, anyway, that's, uh, as I said, ever since Tottenham got in. I know. Der Meister, die Besten, Le Grande Sequipe. Oh, the champions. of course. Of course. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Three languages, Spanish and Italian, left out of that one. Yeah, snubbed, relegated to the uh, championship division <laughs> of, of languages, quite <laughs> frankly. Right. So let's go over the groups. It was a big theater, and of course, at the FIFA headquarters in Switzerland, and uh, POTS A, B, C, D, according to uh, their uh, 
different little uh, seedings. And right. uh, let's go through the groups, and we'll give a little synopsis on each team. Well, the top seed across the board, and then we'll get into group by group. You got uh, PSG is the top seed in Group A, Bayern Munich in Group B, Man City in Group C, Juventus in D, Liverpool defending champions of the Champions League in E, Barcelona leads Group F, Zenit in Group G, Group H with Chelsea. Now, as we go through, Group A, Paris Saint-Germain, Real Madrid, Club Brugge, and Galatasaray, the Turkish side. What do you make of that group? Pretty clear-cut top two, bottom two, wouldn't you say? There is, and I root for Club Bruges, and I've been there, actually. As it's have a, I. It's a great club. It's Three a great city. Three languages spoken in Bruges. Great city. The the Flemish and the Walloons are united in their hatred of the Love French. Love those Walloons. Yes. Um, and also, I got uh, there was a guy making hot air Walloons there, too. He was really calm. Walloon balloons? Absolutely. 99 Luf Walloons. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're always there for me. I got gotcha. you. Little Nana. Sure. 99, say drunk balloons. Yes. Everyone is Captain Kirk. <laughs> uh, Galatasaray is tough, though, because when you go to Istanbul, they have the big signs in English that say, welcome to hell, and they throw, not kidding, sandwich bags full of pee at you. Get out of here. It is not an easy place to go. 99, pee balloons. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't resist. Floating through the summer sky. <laughs> Smelling like the asparagus. <laughs> all right. And three, two, and one. We'll, we'll edit that out. No, no, and it's all live, baby. Picking it up here. Yes, uh, Istanbul, tough place to play, but the quality yeah. of PSG and Real Madrid, that should be enough to bring right. both through. Yes. Group B, Bayern Munich, the juggernaut, Tottenham mm-hmm. Hotspur, mm-hmm. looking for a good result. Olympiacos from Greece and Krevna Zvezda, the Serbian side. Well, um, it's funny because I remember Red Star Belgrade back when there was still a Yugoslavia in 91. They won the Champions League. And I remember Astro Alex Ferguson said, if there's a better midfielder in Europe than Dazon Savicevic, I'd like to meet him. Think about that midfield that had Prozaniki, that had Sinisa Mihailovic. Amen. Who was basically the free kick specialist for Sampdoria. That's when I first really liked Sampdoria because they had David Platt as well. Um, just an amazing team. And the that very winter, they went into their civil war. And so, yes, it's now just a Serbian team. But Zverena Zereda, the Red Star Belgrade, they they aren't what they used to be. Um, Olympiakos in Greece, um, they are like the Yankees of Greece, but those are the two favorites. And it's funny with FC Bayern because that was kind of my first team. When I was five years old, I toured the Olympic side in Munich that they were getting ready for the wow. 72 Olympics. And I got one of those little ID bracelets that said Bayern Munich with the logo on it. So I didn't really know what was going on, but I knew that Franz Beckenbauer played for right. them, and I would root for West Germany, my heritage. And uh, But yes, they must go down. They must go down hard. Yes, Group C. That's a great <laughs> breakdown as we uh, use uh, Rocky at every turn. Group C, Man City, Shakhtar Donsek, Dianamo, Zagreb, and Atalanta. This group, to me, is the most likely to have a team other than the number two seed, quote-unquote, Make it through. Man City, clearly the class yeah. of this group, but you could see the Croatian Zagreb or the Italian Atalanta getting in. I think Shakhtar's in. They put Tottenham to the sword once. Shakhtar is, it's funny, spelled out in Cyrillic, it says wax tap, but Shakhtar means minor. Donengst is this like the Pittsburgh of the Ukraine. They're crazy insane at that stadium. They always have great players. They almost got into the first pot. 
So, yes, that is probably the easiest group. It's hard to be easy when you've got 32 great teams. Right. But um, still, um, I would probably say Shakhtar make it through. Group D, to me, may be the toughest top to bottom as you get uh, Juve, Juventus, Atletico, Madrid, who is everybody's spoiler, Bayern Leverkusen as the the three-seed, quote-unquote, and then another tough place to play in Moscow against Lokomotiva. That, to me, the toughest group top to bottom. Your thoughts, Rick, on Group D? Well, it's a tough travel to Locomotive. There's no doubt. They've got a crazy underworld crime syndicate running that team. Allegedly. Thank you for allegedly. Bayer Leverkusen, sponsored by the Aspirin Company. And this is, of course, where Landon Donovan not once but twice got homesick and had to come back. Um, But uh, I still think those top two teams get through. Group E, we've got Liverpool defending champion, top of the line, followed by Napoli, Salzburg, and Gank. Gank, recognize Gank. That, to me, may be the easiest road for a a pot A team to make it through. Napoli is not the Italian power. And then you get Austria and Belgium as your other two. Pretty soft, soft stuff. For Liverpool there. I completely agree to get an Austrian team and to get a Belgian team. I've been to Gank. There's the Castle of the Dukes is downtown. It's a great little place, but they're they're an okay team, but they're no Anderlecht or Bruges. They're probably the third best team there. And then you talk about Salzburg, it's great, which means Salt Mountain. This is Rock me Amadeus. This is where Mozart was from. Yes. Very good knowledge. Um, but uh, that's one of those many teams sponsored by Red Bull. Um, and good for them. They won the Austrian League, but uh, that is, you're right, it's a pretty easy path there. Napoli doesn't have Maradona anymore. Right, so, yeah. and good for Liverpool to be able to you know, <clears throat> spot their guys, Mo Salah, Mo Salah, probably not playing a ton in that group stage. You can mm-hmm. rest Firmino and the rest of, of the Liverpool side and, and really stay focused on the Premier League. Yeah, Man City and Liverpool got some pretty easy pickings there. Then. We go to Group F where the top-line team is Barcelona, followed by Dortmund, Inter and Slavia Praha, the Czech Republic team from the Pride of Prague. This might be one of the more wide open groups, and this isn't the Borussia Dortmund with you know Lars Ricken. This is a, a Borussia Dortmund team that the last two years Tottenham has brushed aside, which is kind of weird because I think of that Westfalen Stadion. I've been there; it's it's an amazing place. Um, but uh, I'm not as you shouldn't be as scared as Dortmund. Now they'll be organized and they'll have great players. But this one might be a little bit more wide open. I don't know who that other team's going to be coming out of there. Yeah, and Barcelona is, is a strong team, but you can see some hiccups, especially on the road. Barcelona has had a tendency mm. in the group stage to cough one up along the way. So this could be a tougher road than you think. Yeah, and I, I think back to the last game of the group stage. and We talked about it before. I was at the Tottenham Bar in New York City. And Barcelona, with five minutes left, Lucas Mora tied the game and that put us through and we got all the way to the finals. So yes, you got to play 90 minutes. Dan. Yes. I love the cliche and I, I love the pod. It is Golasso Supremo, Rick Tittle and Dan Dibley. We're breaking down the Champions League groups, which were released today. And group G for me is the softest of all. You've got Zenit from Russia, Benfica, Lyon and Leipzig. To me, that's a group that really could be won by anyone. I would look at Lyon as a team that could surprise in group G. Yes, Benfica is the Yankees of Portugal. I got to see him play a long time ago against the Bay Blackhawks at Spartan Stadium. Everyone from uh, Portugal was there that night. Um, Zenit St. Petersburg, um, when uh, AVB Andreas Villas-Boas was fired by Tottenham, he took over at Zenit, and they're kind of a newish team over the last 10 years, playing really well. 
Uh, who are the other ones again? You said I can't see the screen. Uh, Lyon, Leipzig, oh. Benfica, and Zenit. Yeah, Olympique de Lyonnais. They we, sold one of their best players at Tottenham, uh, but they seem to keep producing them. That's in Debele. And Leipzig, it was in the former DDR, the Deutsche Demokratische Republic. They're mm. a former communist team. I believe, I believe Leipzig is also uh, sponsored by Red Bull and their Lipizzaner horses. Let's see, those are Austrian. But no, anyway, let's move on. Close enough, yeah. I thought I'd throw them in. No, I liked it. it, it They're played, from Vienna, but I thought I'd throw them It in. played well for me. Okay. Group H, the eighth and final group, is headlined by my boys, Chelsea, a team Unable to acquire anyone via transfer. They got in. Yes, they did get in. They squeezed their way in there. They're a top seed. Yeah, and it's when you look at who they're with, they're with Ajax, a team that had to win a playoff to get in. But they were in the final four last time. They were. They were, yet they still had to play their way in. Yes. Valencia and LOSC from France. That's Lille. That is Lille, okay. Yeah. Lille, by the way, to me, is like the Green Bay Packers, this tiny little town in northern France. I've been there. There's this huge mountain of, they call it Coke, but we call it coal. And uh, can I have a Coke? But Lille, (laughs) they were champions, I want to say at least three times in the 90s. And it's so funny because they're like, how could this little teeny city of Lille be uh, champions of La Belle France? So it's kind of cool to see them back again because Lille had uh, been out uh, for a while. So, uh, I mean, that's, I don't know. I kind of root for them just a little bit, but yeah, they are the final seed there. Yeah, especially when you talk about the north of France, which I think gets a little bit of a uh, short shrift to the south of France. Everyone wants to talk about the south of France, but some of those beaches up in the north, I went to uh, Arcachon, mm. which is near Normandy, of sure. course, the famous Normandy Beach. Mm-hmm. That's about as close to Bay Area, Northern California climate as you can find in Europe. Yeah, it's overcast. I love Normandy. Um, I love all of France. But uh, you're right. I mean, Lille um, isn't really the the powerhouse it once was, but they're back in the Champions League. I think that's cool. What, what was the other team in that group uh, you mentioned? The other team that was, uh, it was third, Lille, the, Valencia, Ajax. Oh, Valencia, yes. Um, Valencia was just a juggernaut for about 20 years. Now, that being said underneath the um, Barcelona and Real Madrid's of the world, but they were better than Atletico. And then you had a run from Deportivo de la Coruña and Raya Vallecano right. and all these teams. But, oh, there it is again. Your phone knows we're talking Champions League. Yes, I'm doing, a, I'm doing a pod. I'll call you right back. Yes. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll leave that. It's funny. I asked for a ring. I could have had it anyway. Yeah. But uh, Valencia, it always reminds me because of that bat. Doesn't it remind you of a Bacardi bottle? Yes, totally. The old bat, the Bacardi bat. Because yeah. when I think about rum, <laughs> I think about bats uh, somehow. There you go. Yes. Golasso Supremo, Rick Tittle, Dan Dibley. The Carly Lloyd story coming yes. up. But first, we do have some news coming out of the UEFA Champions League draw, and that is the Men's Player of the Year award has been given out. And it's been given out to a defender, Rick. Instead of Leo Messi, who was last year's winner, or perhaps Cristiano Ronaldo, the award goes to Virgil van Dijk, Liverpool defender. First, is it right to give this kind of award to a defender? And if so, is this the right guy who wins the award? Well, I loved him with Mary Tyler Moore back in the day. But, Good old uh, <laughs> Virgil Van Dyke, that madcap comedy. Oh, it's so great. But anyway, remember when he fell over the couch in the oh, opening credits, and then he went around or the ottoman. It. Yeah, oh, so yeah. good. It's so good. Da-na-na-na-na-na. Oh my Da-na-na-na-na. gosh, Maury <laughs> Amsterdam. 
Anne Marie. I'm fine with it. Virgil van Dyke is the best defender in the world. And I think sometimes they mix it up. Let's give a Heisman to Charles Woodson. You know what? They just want to mix it up now and then. They gave a little defender some love, and I'm fine with it. Otherwise, every year, Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. Messi or Cristiano. You know what? Screw that. We're yeah. giving it to the – it's sort of like when they go Kobe or Kobe or uh, LeBron. Kobe or LeBron. How about Steve Nash? Or Tim Duncan. Yeah, <laughs> Nash got two in a row. <laughs> well, Duncan deserved it, but yeah, Nash. That's I actually mean, a great poll. Leo yeah. Messi, by the way, was the leading scorer in both La Liga and the Champions League, but his Barca side fell to Liverpool – in the semifinals, and of course, Ronaldo's accolades need no enunciation. He's been so unbelievable. Yes. And when you look at who will win the Champions League, if you were to make a prediction right now, put your name on it, we'll lock it in. This is super premature, but who will win the that'd be the 2020 Champions League final? I think Man City would be the one to come through. Not in the league, but in the European Champions League. Manchester City, that's... That's my pick. That's a pretty good pick. I still can't believe that Tottenham got to the final. I feel bad that they choked, but I still can't believe... Think of those 32 teams. How in the hell are you going to be one of the final two? Yeah, it's shocking. It's shocking. I'm going to take one of the favorites, and I'm going to go with Barcelona FC. Barcelona Hmm. and a return to prominence... Leo Messi's got to win a world title at some point, does he not? I mean, he's won some smaller stuff, but I don't think he's ever won one of the big ones. Well, the the bad thing for him is that he's better than Maradona, but Maradona brought home a World Cup. And even in a team sport, sometimes they judge you by your rings or your medals or your trophies, as we know. As we look at the ESPN.com poll, who will win the Champions League? 30,000-plus votes are in Liverpool, 25% is your leader, followed by Barcelona at 20, Manchester City, the third choice, at 17%, followed by Juventus, and then other, trending slightly ahead of Real Madrid, Tottenham Hotspur getting 5% of the vote. So, okay. there you have it. Okay. Some perspective. That makes sense. Rick, let's talk kicking. Let's do it. No throw-ins, no goalkeeping, no handballs, no VAR for the first time in quite some time, but kicking. Carly Lloyd, U.S. women's National team heroine, 37 years of age, has said that many National Football League teams have approached her about being a field goal kicker in the NFL. What do you think about this idea of not just any woman, but this particular spectacular woman going into the NFL? It's a great question, and there's, there's I have a couple of you, different views on it. Uh, I know, John Paul Morosi. No, that's a great question, John. <laughs> Thanks, John. Um, well, first of all... I think it would be amazing. And I'm not someone who thinks that it should just be men. And if anyone could do it, it would be someone like her. And she wouldn't be afraid to get hit. She wouldn't be afraid of the bright lights. She's been under the bright lights. That being said, um, two things about her kicking. She took a four-step run-up when she was goofing around. And I'll say this, and this is just true, but when I was in college 30 years ago, and I was much more athletic, my friends and I, after practice, I would kick 60-yard field goals consistently. I just would. I would never miss them. And my, a couple friends did, too. There's a big difference between goofing around and then putting all the pads on, your helmet, and then having 11 guys trying to kill you. So I hope she makes it. And now she says she's going to take an entire year off. Well, as soon as the, the women are done playing soccer, 
to just concentrate on it. I'm rooting her. I'm wishing her luck. I think it's smart to take a whole year off to learn how to do it with two steps and everything else. She's going to get the best coaches. And I loved her quote, but it, it did make me a little bit uh, a chill down my spine when she says, I've been kicking balls my whole life. Mm, wow. Yeah, that is a bit of a chiller. Yes. Keenan Allen of the uh, L.A. Chargers said that she would get run over like Mufasa in The Lion King. What about that idea? I mean, it's one thing to kick the ball, and you mentioned it, the the physicality, the tackling. If you're going to kick off and you got to cover on a kickoff team, you're going to be on the field. You'll be susceptible to a block or perhaps having to make a tackle. Could she stand up to that level of physicality? And this is this is not a high school girl playing against high school boys. This is a... 37-year-old woman going up against the fastest, strongest athletes on the planet. I would. I haven't heard this, but I would almost guarantee that they wouldn't let her do that. It would be like Ray Guy. He used to punt and kick off for the Raiders, so they'd probably have their punter kick The Niners off. have Mitch Wisnowski kick off. There you go. So It would be like that. Yeah, I don't think they would have her on kickoff team. Yeah. But what about the idea of her being hit while attempting a kick well, or... Dare I say it's a bad snap and the ball comes to her and she's got to make a play. That's the thing. When there's a fire and that's when you that's what you yell and that's when everyone knows <laughs> the, the guys on the end have to now go out for a pass. When you yell fire, that's another thing you have to do. But um, I mean, we saw Garo Yepremian try to make a pass in the Super Bowl. That was the only way the Redskins scored. It's still the worst pass in the history of the of the human race. I believe race. I was a zygote for that one. <laughs> was it Super Bowl four? Was it four? No, that was the Chiefs, I think. Five? Six? <laughs> no, wait. Uh, was that their undefeated season? The Jets were three. Yeah. Then the, the Chiefs, Chiefs were four. four. The Raiders were five, were they no, not? No, no, the Raiders lost two. The Colts won five, I think. Over, well, whatever. Garrow, your premium yeah. in the Super Single Bowl bar. made the worst uh, pass of all time. So I wish her nothing but luck, but it's not as easy as you think. Right, and like you said, she would approach it in theory the correct way, yes. which would be train all year, go to camp, try to win a job, kick. A, even if she was to kick in a preseason game, that in and of itself would be groundbreaking enough. And I'll say this: I, I got to interview her in person one time, and, and I'm lucky enough over the years to have almost that whole team on my show. She was probably the most, and she wasn't rude, but she was the most nuts and bolts, like hard up, just athlete. You know, I mean, she was like she was like taking on this interview like a game. I mean. Wow. I, so, I mean, she's got that mentality, so. You could say she kicked the interview right in the ball. She she kicked it. I That's why I put on my cup, and then I should have put on a karate cup because she got me from the back. The only national radio host who does his work with a cod piece. This was a production of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.